The second reading is from Romans chapter 8, the 28th verse. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. And for those who are called according to his purpose. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Peace and blessings to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. At this time of the year, we tend to reflect on what we are thankful for, what means the most to us, and also what challenges us to be content. We also may reflect on those who we have lost along the way. This is certainly understandable and normal for us at this time of the year. Reflection can be a healthy practice, to be sure. It can help us evaluate what our attention is on, where our affections lie, or even what we idolize and what we truly worship in our day-to-day lives. So whether this season helps you to feel positive or negative, or your current circumstances override that. When we reflect on what the Apostle Paul was led to tackle here, it seems simple, but it is in fact incredibly important for our lives. These passages that we just heard are focusing, are both attributed with the Apostle Paul during significant times in his life, though they are separated by several years. In the letter to Thessalonica, Paul was instructing, imploring, and encouraging a congregation that was dealing with persecution, both spiritual and physical. As a result, Paul and his colleagues were separated from the church that they were serving and the people that they were leading. In Romans, specifically chapter 7, Paul, he's examining the law and the weight that it carries, making the important distinction that the law illuminates the need for redemption, the need for a savior, the need for the gospel. And Paul rounds out this chapter by saying with a cry, A wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this life controlled by the body? Then, as Paul tends to do, he answers his own question. Thanks be unto God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, is my deliverance. So this tonight, my friends, is where we find the tension in our lives of being thankful despite our suffering. Grateful even during weakness and pain being thankful and as was written to rejoice always. How often do we feel like rejoicing, much less to rejoice always? How about on that first day of the work week where your alarm clock goes off way too early? Or how about when your family is having a rough time or when work has been a significant challenge or when you feel that it's just one thing after another has let you down? We all nod because we've all had those days. Even more challenging, when we desire to be better, but simply come up short. In Romans 8.28, Paul rests with this tension, this adversarial stance we have within ourselves and in our lives, of what we struggle with, and yet where we want to be. Well, yes, we should take comfort in this verse. I won't We'll get there. We have to know that it is much bigger than us. 
This text, in, text in fact, says that all things come from God. The good and the bad all come from our Creator. This is not to say that God directly causes bad things to happen, but rather allows them to take place. This is rather important, this is rather important for us to grasp because we have to know that if God just whisked away anything that caused us to suffer, anything that caused us hurt or pain, it would also take away the choice that he's given us through love to choose to follow him. With freedom of thought, we have a choice. And history has shown us that we rebel against what God has shown us to be good. This text explains, though, that God uses all situations for good and according to his purpose. The good and the bad. All used for the good that God has determined. The hard times in our lives give clarity that, in fact, God is still with us. See? We have something to rejoice about already. All right. Good night. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening. No? Not yet? All right. We'll keep going. There is a very important distinction to be made here. God will surely use all situations to bring us in line with his will. Because in doing so, we receive his grace. But these situations are not just in joyful moments. They also include the situations that grieve God and grieve us. The moments that that test us as well as moments that break us. You know those moments that linger and bring pain when we remember them. That pain doesn't fade easily. Grief probably comes to mind for many of us. It's vitally important to remember that God does not force these situations upon us, nor hope them upon us. But I want to reassure you, he will surely show his faithfulness through them to each of us. Admittedly, we all know it can also be near impossible for us to see that when we're living in those situations. So what does the word mean? By all things for good, according to his purpose. This means that even with a life lived full of suffering and pain, we still have hope. We still have something we can cling to that is much bigger than us, much bigger than anything we can understand. God will use those times, those times that are weakest, to remind us and to give clarity that he has not left us, that those covenants or promises that he has made have indeed been upheld, and that he has a plan as well as a purpose for each of us. We still have Jesus Christ, who defeated sin and death on our behalf to reconcile us back into a relationship with our loving God for all eternity. Coming back around to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. There are three things in this verse, in these verses that we should mold our lives to in this Thanksgiving season and beyond. The first is found in verse 16, rejoice always. As you know, this can be difficult because we don't always feel like rejoicing. When we look at that empty chair this Thanksgiving, it's going to be very difficult to rejoice. When we think about all the crazy stuff that has taken place the last couple of years, 
it again will be very difficult to rejoice. Yet, Paul encouraged the church at Thessalonica to rejoice always. He knew this very well in his own life as he wrote and encouraged others, many of whom the Holy Spirit reached through his work while he was imprisoned. Many of the people in this community that he wrote to were under the impression that Jesus was going to return soon. And they were confused why it had not happened yet. In fact, their confusion turned to mourning as their family members began to die, surely because they thought that Jesus would return within their lifetimes. Let's take a moment and think about how demoralizing that would be. Still, despite this, the people were encouraged to rejoice always because of the hope we find in Christ Jesus. For a bit more context, let's take a look at the previous chapter in 1 Thessalonians, in chapter 4. This is verses 13 through 14. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. And although we are not the original audience, the word, or the words, I'm sorry, rejoice always, meant the same to this group of believers in 50 AD as they do to us now. The second thing the word calls us to find is found in verse 17. Pray continually, or pray without ceasing. But we see being communicated and taught to these Christians all those centuries ago, and to us today, is to approach life prayerfully in all situations. For just a moment, I want us to each take a moment and ask ourselves these questions. Are we modeling a life of prayer? Are we modeling a life of prayer for our siblings, our friends, our children, our coworkers, our friends, or those new believers around us? Again, we are called to rejoice in all things and to pray in all situations. The final piece in these verses is this. Give thanks in all situations. But how can you give thanks in all situations? How can you give thanks in a situation that you wish and hoped had not happened? Why would you even want to give thanks in those situations? Maybe you're very optimistic and you can work your way to find the bright side or the silver lining. But for many of us, we can find this to be extremely difficult and draining. So what is this text getting at? Look back at verse 18. It says specifically, give thanks in all circumstances or in all things. Give thanks. It uses the word in, not the word for. The text is not saying to be thankful for all the ways you suffer. What it is saying is that when bad things happen, be thankful that we have a God that won't abandon us. During those bad times, be thankful for the presence of God and for the good that can come from those difficult times as we grow personally, as our faith grows. Paul writes something similar to the church in Rome in Romans 8.28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. God doesn't cause bad things to happen. 
bear progression of sin in our world. But God, in his goodness and mercy, teaches us new things during bad situations. He reinforces our faith with his own faithfulness. This church in Thessalonica and the church in Rome had people facing real physical and spiritual persecution. In this text and in these desperate times the people were facing, they were being reminded to continue believing in the God who had not abandoned them. To continue holding on to that hope and relying on God's faithfulness. The point Paul was trying to communicate to this church and is the thing that we must listen to today is that our circumstances do not define God. But rather, God puts perspective into our circumstances. That perspective is that the Bible presents a single connected story, God's redemption of human beings. More importantly, the Bible and leading character, the leading character of the Bible throughout is the one true living God made known through Jesus Christ. We must give thanks because we have a God who redefines our circumstances, who goes beyond what we deal with. Not that those things didn't happen or that they didn't hurt, but rather that we have a new life in Christ and a new perspective as a result. God chose not to leave us in our rebellion, in our sin, and in the death that follows. He chose to redeem us and renews that grace every single day of our lives. So this law that the Apostle Paul references shows us that we were lost and deserving of the price of our sin. But as he reassured the people who were suffering, they were not alone, and their faith was not empty. They indeed had something to be thankful for, no matter what their circumstances were. So this Thanksgiving, let us all remember how great our God is. When you feel broken, when you're grieving, disheartened, or feel lost, remember that God has called you to a good purpose that far outweighs the suffering of this world. This purpose is to accept what is already there, God's love for you. And in so that those of us who are united with Christ and faith are being transformed into the church that will share this good news and thanksgiving with all. This continued presence, continued work by God in us and through us, despite our circumstances, is something we can truly be thankful for. So as we move to end this evening and go out from this place, as we counter the days ahead, as we spend time with family, let's do so in the spirit of rejoicing, praying, and giving thanks. Amen.